got a huge number that's ridiculous. Right. We, we, got, we need rental caps. Right. Man, we'll be back. We'll yeah. be back. And we're going to talk some more on this. But, oh, we got so much to talk about on this show. <laughs> Come on back. We'll be back here on the Sunday Forum. This is Joe's Walter Smith II. And my man Mobili, the fourth estate crew, right here on WMNF 88.5, Tampa, Sarasota, St. Pete. Your news, your views, your values. This is WMNF Tampa 88.5 FM. Stay tuned for headlines from National Public Radio News, and then we'll be right back with the Sunday Forum. Okay, I'm talking about a good girl, go bad, crooked world, wrong bad, right mind, wrong dad. I sing this song mad, but not mad enough to shoot you, but it just eats me up like some barbecue from Luther's in the morning with the food. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Windsor Johnston. The catastrophic wildfires in Maui have left a trail of destruction across the island, destroying hundreds of homes and businesses. At least 93 people have died in the blazes, with that number expected to rise as search and rescue operations continue. Hawaii Public Radio's Bill Dorman reports the wildfires in Maui are the deadliest in the United States in more than 100 years. Hawaii Governor Josh Green is making a plea for patience. The grim process of recovery from the Maui fires continues, but so far only two victims have been identified. Damage estimates have been updated, but remain subject to change. The governor's latest tally of losses is nearly $6 billion. Housing is a top priority. Green wants a 1,000 hotel rooms, half for displaced families, and the rest for those arriving to help including workers from the Federal Emergency Management Agency. For NPR News, I'm Bill Dorman in Honolulu. Prosecutors in Georgia will begin presenting their 2020 election interference case involving former President Donald Trump to a grand jury this week. Sam Greenglass from member station WABE reports that two witnesses say they've been called to testify on Tuesday. Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis has signaled her criminal case is ready to go after more than two years investigating efforts by former President Trump and his allies to subvert the election result. The county courthouse is under heightened security through the end of the week, and now some witnesses who receive subpoenas, a journalist and Georgia's former lieutenant governor, say they will report to the grand jury on Tuesday. Grand Jury A meets Mondays and Tuesdays. Given the complexity of the case, prosecutors are expected to begin making their case for criminal charges on Monday, likely allowing the grand jury to hand up any indictment by the end of Tuesday. For NPR News, I'm Sam Greenglass in Atlanta. UPS workers are voting on whether to approve their new contract. NPR's Danielle Kay has more. 340,000 UPS workers are eligible to vote. The Teamsters Union is urging workers to vote yes, saying it's the most lucrative contract in UPS history. Minimum hourly pay for part-timers would be $21. UPS also agreed to put air conditioning in new delivery vehicles, among other concessions. Now, a majority of workers have to approve the deal. Jennifer Hancock has been a part-time package sorter in Richmond, Virginia for more than three decades. She's voting no. For a part-timer who is hired now, they would need to be making somewhere in the ballpark of $25 an hour to have the same buying power that I would have had back in 1991. Workers have until August 22nd to vote. Danielle Kay, NPR News. This is NPR. A beloved annual hula festival that would have brought hundreds of locals and tourists to downtown Lahaina this weekend is not going ahead because of this week's devastating fires in Maui. But as NPR's Chloe Veltman reports, the organizers are not giving up on it. The Emma Farden Sharp Hula Festival started decades ago under the famous 150-year-old banyan tree in the heart of Lahaina. Festival organizer Daryl Fujiwara says he plans to cancel the event because of the fires. The tree itself had been badly burned. But he says the performers wanted to go ahead. When you're dancing, you're emitting energy, right? The sweat, the heat, and it is spiritual. 
And so we need to ensure that our prayers are emitted and transmitted to everyone right now, more so than ever. Fujiwara says this weekend's festival will now happen virtually on Facebook Live. Chloe Veltman, NPR News. The ruling political party in Poland is asking voters in a referendum if they support accepting thousands of illegal immigrants from the Middle East and Africa as part of a European Union relocation plan. The prime minister put the question to voters in a new video published on social media today. Voters in Argentina are also heading to the polls in primary elections today. Today's results will determine the final candidates for a presidential ballot in October. I'm Windsor Johnston, and you're listening to NPR News in Washington. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include the estate of Joan B. Kroc, whose bequest serves as an enduring investment in the future of public radio and seeks to help NPR be the model for high-quality journalism in the 21st century, and the Annie E. Casey Foundation. You are listening to WMNF Tampa. WMNF is accepting volunteer applications to be part of our on-air team. And welcome. This is Latinx. Welcome, welcome to the Soul Kitchen. It is I, your resident chef, Big Eddie G. Join your favorite voices on 88.5 FM, WMNF.org, and our HD channels. If you've always dreamed of being on the radio, I would love to be on the radio. Now's your chance. Join your listening-supported radio station, WMNF. Apply under the programming tab at WMNF.org. Daytime temperatures in Florida right now can be life-threatening. You should plan accordingly and check in on your neighbors and protect yourself. Through Sunday, the city of Tampa has three cooling stations open from 11 in the morning until 7 in the evening. They're at the David M. Barksdale Active Older Adult Center at McFarlane Park, the Cuscadin Park, and the Cordelia B. Hunt Community Center at Al Lopez Park. You can check the websites of your local county or city to see if there are cooling centers closer to you. Our website, WMNF.org, has more information. You don't have to wait till 9 a.m. to hear Democracy Now! You can hear it every morning at 8 a.m. on our HD3 channel, The Source. You can hear it online at wmnf.org slash listen. That's Democracy Now! weekday mornings at 8 a.m. on WMNF's The Source and 9 a.m. on our main channel. And it's replayed on The Source at 5 p.m. every weekday afternoon. every Tuesday morning at 11 o'clock for WMNF Wavemakers, featuring conversations with people making a difference in the Tampa Bay area. I'm Janet. And I'm Tom. Each week we will bring you people who are not just talking about change, they are making it happen. Do you know a Wavemaker? Write us at dj at wmnf.org with Wavemakers in the subject line. And listen anytime by searching for WMNF Wavemakers wherever you listen to podcasts. People. Now you don't have to wait till 9 a.m. to hear Democracy Now! You can hear it every morning at 8 a.m. on our HD3 channel, The Source. You can hear it on your HD radio in your car or hear it online at wmnf.org forward slash listen. That's Democracy Now! weekday mornings at 8 a.m. on WMNF's The Source and 9 a.m. on our main channel. And it's replayed on The Source at 5 p.m. every weekday afternoon. Hi, this is Mitch Perry, reporter with the Ford of Phoenix and one of the co-hosts of the new public affairs show here on WMNF called The Skinny, where we give you the real straight deal. 
I'll be joined every Friday morning at 11 a.m. with my co-hosts, Ben Montgomery and Ray Roa, Editor-in-Chief of Creative Loafing, as we get in-depth on some of the biggest stories happening in the Tampa Bay area and Florida. That's this and every Friday at 11 a.m. Sunday Forum, and uh, this is more of him. We listened to his uh, comments talking about the land redistribution efforts in South Africa. You know, and I'm waiting on your telephone calls. 813-239-9663 is the number to call to join this discussion here on the Sunday Forum with Walter L. Smith II. And you can also write us, DJ at WMNF dot org. Let's focus on the land. Expropriation of land without compensation. Tell me what it means to you, because it means lots of things to lots of people. No, no, it means it's very simple. The state owns the land. It means exactly what's happening in China. The state owns the land. Long live the fighting spirit of Winnie Mandela. Long live. Forward to expropriation of land without compensation. Forward. Madiba did what he had to do. The conditions then made were not favorable for him to do what we are doing now. And we are not Mandela. I think people should get that very clear. We're not Mandela and we're not going to do Mandela things here. We're doing our own thing now. Julius Malima from the Economic Freedom Party in South Africa. Oh, yeah. You don't like that? You don't like that? All right. Now, now, now <clears throat> I'm going to give you some perspective and we'll move on. Uh, 
when I was in South Africa, um, as a child, I can tell you that those were, I, I, I could parallel where we were here to where we were there, right? Uh, in other words, what was happening here when I was a teenager or a child to what was happening there at the same time period. At the height of apartheid, um, as it was going beginning to, to unravel, right? The board, the Africana, the Africana was trying really hard to hold on. National Party was trying to hard to hold on to to its power, and because they knew that the day was going to come mm-hmm. that they were going to have to release President Mandela, they, they were going to have to right. do it. Um, but that they were also going to have to answer for what they had done and what they had allowed to have happen. Um, you had people who were nasty characters, very nasty characters, bad actors in this entire thing. And that's a very, I'm being very kind by calling them bad actors. Those were some nasty individuals, okay, that committed some crimes that were revealed during the Truth and Reconciliation Commission that were, that, that started in 94, that were, that were atrocious, Absolutely horrible. And when the the, the whole um, uh, the whole concept of what they call the the toy toy, you know, when I when I first got there, I, I, they were doing what was called toy toy, right? Um, and. I didn't understand what was happening except to say that it was there was some, you know, they were protesting, right? They were protesting everything. I mean, they were protesting how people were being treated at the hospitals. They were protesting at the hospitals in Soweto, which is Baraguana Hospital, the largest hospital in, you know, in the area. Um, probably 90 more at this particular point. Uh, uh, there was... The there was um I'm sorry I'm sitting up here trying to do this right here uh, get this information up um you know there was a lot that was happening yeah and you saw every day somebody was shooting somebody okay um and there were Acts of violence that were being posted on these on the telephone pole every day. When I say on the telephone poles, like the posters, right? The headlines of the newspaper of different newspapers that were being put up to let people know of different things and decisions that were made in Parliament and things that were done in um, uh, that, that were going that were happening in uh, uh, in the different townships and things like that throughout throughout the the whole RSA. Uh, Republic of South Africa, and um, it was it was so bad that people were trying to figure out, you know, it, you know, I was I was like, what the world? What are they talking about? What 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 did they do? And my mother was trying to explain to me what was happening, and and why my dad had to go had to run to to his office. And you know, in in um, Deerploof, which was smack dab in the middle of Soweto, and <clears throat> she didn't want my dad going to the office by himself. But there were certain times where he had to run to the office to go and handle certain things that were very dangerous, extremely dangerous. Um, it was so dangerous that when you drive through Soweto, you cannot stop at a stoplight. At nighttime, because you 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 would probably get robbed or killed in the process. They were they were shutting out they were shutting out Europeans from being able to pass through there freely. They were redlined into the area, but they were but they were at that particular point. 
they were they were like, no, tell you what, you put us here, but we're gonna control the situation. Right. right. They took power where they could. You put us here, yes, exactly right. You put us here, but we're going to control the situation. And so the Dubuy Buni, Dubuy Buni is a is a song that was that was sung during the Toy Toy, right? Um, there were different songs that were sung, but this one in particular was one that was an A and C song. So people, if you're thinking the A and C was this nice, you know, peaceful, no, it was not. They Trust were freedom me fighters. You, they were freedom fighters, man. And there was, and, and but the ANC was not the only the, the only show in town. You understand? And 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 Julius Malema, I remember Julius Malema very well. He was in middle school. I believe he was in middle school when I was there. He was just a kid. He came up through the ranks in like quickly, very quickly. Following behind Winnie Mandela, right? So remember, by the time that I got there as a student in college, um, this man was—he was—he was—there had already been split between the Mandelas, right? And the accusations of murders, various murders, were happening uh, against her that were levied against her. and they would have. They wanted her to answer for those that she right? hired people to murder the kid. That's right. That's right. And and these and it wasn't the kid. There were kids. There's more than one person. Understand? Because these were people that were considered to be um, traitors to the cause. You understand? So there was no misunderstanding where they stood. Or how they how the, how this is going to go down, right? And when you see Julius Malema, what you see is a product of fire. He was forged in the in, in a fire of aggressions against against people in the Trans Sky, which is where Mandela is from. In the in the Trans Sky area, in the southern one of the southern portions of regions of South Africa, where you're talking about people. Um, the the boys would go there and just like like they come into the neighborhoods here, back in the day during Jim Crow, they go there and shoot these people uh, at will and take their land. So 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 when he says shoot to kill the boy, uh, uh, you know that he, he they're not. It's it's a it's a remember it's a memory. You get what I'm saying? Right, it's a unifying memory in his mind, I guess, because yeah. it's easier to to build this case against this violent boar. But, you know, I think that class has reared his ugly head since the uh, fall of apartheid because we've seen more uh, property crimes rise. We've seen more robbery. You've seen it on camera, <laughs> a, a, a news a person was robbed on camera, but we also seen the rise of xenophobia uh, against other Africans who have come to South Africa to work or open businesses, uh, like those from Zimbabwe, for instance. And we've seen the same kind of of, uh, of attempts to redistribute land, even in Zimbabwe under Robert Mugabe, uh, and a lot of people saw that as just uh politics as him trying to give land to the old mama soldiers right. uh but they they had no real interest in in really uh building on that land or cultivating that no, land no just just in having it. just in having it right so development of it the plan of development is is where the and this is what i'm saying what i was saying earlier you know to say dubula dubula, you know that's 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 like, shoot shoot the bullet. Mm-hmm. That's how it's the der- the derivative of bullet. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's it's to 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 say just to shoot shoot is one thing, right? But how do we take that and translate that into a development? Right, right. Um, 
And that's where Mugabe was 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 missing in his later years, is that as they were taking farms and they were sending out these squads of people um, to to take to take land. Now you know whether it was a death squad or not, eh, you know. But the bottom line is, uh, as the state began to take land. The concept of developing that land, of cultivating that land, still was lost on the black farmer at that particular point in terms of being able to develop it appropriately. Um, right. there, there, there was, but there was no intent, as you said, there was no intent on creating that that type of development. In a lot of instances, it was just we want our land back. Whatever, 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 we don't care about anything else. Whatever it was that we were doing on the land before you got there, you the European, you the colonizer, before you got here, we were doing this. So we're going to get it back to that. It still and needed development. It still that. needed development. And there were black workers who also run off the land and started allowed to stay That's there right. and cultivate that land. I do understand Mugabe's wife did get a dairy farm, but I don't know how successful uh, it was. But uh, the 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 thing is, in the South African situation, we have Malima. We have Julius Malima starting the EFF economic freedom, freedom front. front yes. uh, to and I guess it's it's a political. Uh, political party within with, it's a political party and uh, and it's going it's the answer to the ANC because the ANC yes. is falling out of favor they just want they just wanted to get money get rich uh, and you know social society uh, society at large be damned the, the ANC fell fell out of favor um, because it was um, the, the ANC has been under a lot of scrutiny. Mm-hmm. A lot of scrutiny. And I'm not, understand, I'm not, I'm analyzing, I'm not defending, I'm analyzing. Right. The ANC fell out of favor, it uh, fell out of favor a long time ago. Long time ago. A lot of people felt the ANC uh, had betrayed the people because it didn't do this sooner. Because it didn't do the land distribution, redistribution, and take things back uh, with force and begin that process sooner. There was a lot of violence that took place down there, a lot of violence that took place. Um, and, and, and it was amongst us, amongst black folks, um, just, to find, just to gain control of the ANC and to figure out what direction it was going to go in. There were people who were assassinated, um, it, the whole nine. So there were a lot of internal assassinations that took place and assassination attempts. Uh, when you and when you start looking at at groups like the PAC, uh, the uh, Pan African Congress, uh, you look at the uh, the IFP and Carter Freedom Party, which was the Zulu the Zulu right. uh, 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 party, so to speak, dominated party, dominated yeah. party, yes, led by Mongasutu Butelezi. Um It was they they were they were accused of being a national party uh, sympathizer. Right. Uh, and, and a traitor to the cause. When in reality, what was happening was the National Party and the Democratic Party uh, had gone out and gotten people from other countries who were mercenaries to come in and act in this way. In other words, to act against the IFP and to act against the ANC and pit them against each other. Right. So the people were coming out of Malawi, Zimbabwe, and places like that, Mozambique. A lot of times you got people coming out of Mozambique who were mercenaries being paid to go and go do these things. Because the white nationalist party wouldn't would stick out like a sore thumb. Exactly. <laughs> committing violence in Exactly. But now the, the AWB, the Aryan Frahidstock, was the was was the the answer to the Ku Klux Klan skinheads all put in one. I mean it, it was it was the, the nastiest group of boards you ever wanted to know. Well I mean and we love to compare and contrast the South African story to the U.S. story. And uh, one of our emailers has written, making a salient point, politicians like DeSantis use race and class to keep us divided, allowing them to keep power with a minority. It's been going on for centuries yes. and in other countries, too. Yes. And uh, we have a lot of phone calls. And, and we're supposed to be better than that. 
We're supposed to be better yeah. than that. We're supposed to have control over these types of things, and we're not. And and until uh, the, the the type of controls that we're starting to see, and I, I see good. I'm glad. I'm glad we're getting these calls in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hang tight, y'all. Hang tight, just for a second. Um, if if we don't gain control of our own communities here in the states right now, right now, what we're gonna see. Is a is a worse type of of apartheid situation. We're in apartheid right now. Yeah, we're in apartheid right now. Do not mistake the fact that we are moving freely, that we can live what we want to live and do what we want to do right now under the law, so to speak. That we are not in an apartheid situation. We are segregated, extremely segregated, in several, many, many, many ways. And, and the fact that Russia is playing a role in those three countries I mentioned earlier where their military juntas are in power now, yeah. playing divide and conquer, using propaganda. Uh, and I think that that's a, that's a shame because it means that we're moving backwards if we're embracing military juntas. What do you think DeSantis' regime is doing? They're the Russia of this state. <laughs> yeah. Do you understand I, what I'm saying to you? I truly do. Yeah, yeah. With, his, with his Gestapo police. Come on, man. They're yeah. hurting people. Let's go to the calls. Uh, 813-239-9663. This is the Sunday Forum. Go ahead, caller. You're on the air. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, morning. brother. How you doing? Hey, hanging in here, hanging on here. How's it going to be for me to survive, you know? Yeah. All right. Survive with Survival of the city. We do need you to hang uh, on. <laughs> hang on in yeah, there. Uh, well, I'm hanging on and I'm holding on and helping others hold on and all that if I can possibly because that's what we need. I mean, I was listening at uh, the the news this morning about Hawaii. My granddaughter's over in Hawaii. Two of my oh, children just came from Hawaii. No, she's not on that island, though. She's in the military. Okay. She just got her old man killed in the military, but... She done traveled all over that Pacific over there. I'm about 20 years old, but okay. let me say this here, man. Just to say, leading on what she was just saying, too. African-American people, or whatever you want to call us, my son said we're the aborigine people because we're the original people. I used to call myself the original man, which went to that extent as well. That We all come from the original man. And so having said that, I don't know where people get off saying that we're different. You're different. I'm different. They got a song called that, but I mean, you know, I ain't bleeding all of that. We ain't used to, we have so much in common that the difference is very minuscule. And uh see they make a, a point of making out those the minuscule differences as a big thing and you they blow it up like it's so big and so phenomenal. Like my son and I was talking about the two colors on the application, black and white. And I told him that's a hypocrisy right there because and I've been saying this because one of the things is, he said, well, they got the other colors. Like, if you say you want to be brown, he said, that goes on the other. I said, other? What do you mean other? Black and white? Other is not a color. I said, so that's, you know, just saying all these misconceptions and stuff. So on the other, they got South Pacific, Asian, this, here, and that, there. I said, well, why they only got two colors up to the top instead of all the colors? Yellow, red, green, blue, whatever. So I can pick a color. So <laughs> that's just to show you how sick. A mind is a mind. It's not our minds that are sick. You're hitting it right on the head. A guy spent thirty million dollars up in Flagler County, which is a racist place. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah. To, uh, to start a Nazi type uh, personal service for himself with taxpayers' money. Now nobody don't see nothing wrong with that. I have a problem with them, and they don't see nothing wrong with what's going on. I have a problem with them. I don't hate people who don't hate me. If you hate me, well, why would the Bible tells you to love them that hate you and despise you and all this? But I have a different take on that. If you hate me, you best stay away from me and let it be known that we don't like each other. Now, yes. if I think you hate me and I find out different that you don't, then I apologize for that, for me mis misconstruing. And the same for you. But you're not going to sit there and tell me you hate certain types of people and you're acting all indignant, and I'm supposed to give you respect. I don't care about your title, your class, whatever. I'm saying, man, I, that has no respect where I'm coming from because I'm a human being, and all human beings should be inclined to communicate and cooperate with each other at the utmost, first of all. Then if we have differences, that's what they did. They're separating to this and that and all this. So we got all of that. 
but still, there's this humanitarian part that everybody forgot about. They want to go running for the moon while they're destroying the place that we all stand our feet on. And I find I have a problem with that. I don't, and like I said, I don't care who it is. I mean, you can fly or uh, go get people from Texas and fly them to California. And we got this. I see this every day to day. It was not funny. But it's a guy ride by and he sleeps in front of the church. The church sits 50 feet off the street. There's a sidewalk there that runs right in front of the church. And there's another sidewalk. The sidewalk is elevated that sits in front of the church. So right. the guy comes there. He's a Caucasian guy. And I feel bad every time I see him. He's laid there sprawled out. Laying across his bike, and I figured I said one day I said, "Why are he always laying on his bike?" And I said, "Oh, cause he don't want nobody to take it while he sleeps, so he'd be dead, knocked out." Other day I come, and it's a uh, African American church, so they was cutting the grass, and the guy was not there; he was gone. I said, "Oh, that guy gone. He was up early cutting the grass." So a couple of days later, yesterday in fact, I saw him and two other compadres that the crawled out right in front of the church. I said, "Man, this." <laughs> This is sick, man. I mean, the church is that there closed. Closed to the public, man. Mm-hmm. And he gets and tax I, breaks and everything. Yeah, and it's a lady down the street lives in the park. I see her. I can't say nothing to that lady. That lady, uh, you know, what can I say to her? Hey, you want to come and live with me? She's Caucasian. What my family going to do? And they're saying for blacks and everybody else, man. And like I told my son, my first job is to take care of those closest to me. If I can't do that, I can't help nobody else. And that's what they work on. You have to, the people close to you, they work trying to destroy them so that they can't help nobody else. And you see what I'm saying? So it's not a, a complicated process. Reach one to teach one, and we reach everyone. But they want to start this complicated, like, uh, I don't listen to you. I don't have to deal with you. I can treat you any kind of way. And that mentality is very contagious. It has caught on in a bad time, and we got epidemic all over the world, the water bad, the air bad, man. Yeah. We got some sick people, some sick puppies over there, and that's not good at this time. We need sound minds. We not need rational thinking. We don't need people talking about, oh, you're a Democrat. Oh, y'all a Democrat. Oh, you're a Republican. Oh, yeah. It's not anything about that, just like I just said. If somebody don't like you, you don't have no business. You don't owe them any favors to like them. If the governor don't like me, I, I don't. I have no respect for him. Point blank. Him and anybody else that thinks I'm supposed to bend over and kiss his feet, he's not God to me. He's nothing to me but a political figure, and he's messing that up by firing people who we hired. He's not my voice. He didn't he can't speak for me. See? And these people are going to let this ride. You're going to let this ride around. Say, I know a lot of people coming in here, but you better listen. You're coming in here. Don't come in here with this foolishness. Because I know you think it's the last stomping ground. But it might be the last ground. You already got a rocket going to blow your butt up. So don't play with me. Because I tell you the truth and don't care nothing about it. Because it is what it is. You can't take a, a lie and make it the truth. Like I was telling my B-Day about this, and I get off the phone, the people will start pushing. Out here, I saw a girl yesterday walking down the street with some jeans on, hot, hot. And I said, that girl got on jeans with a boots, Caucasian girl, and get close to her in my car. She's not getting out the road. She's in the middle of the road walking. I didn't blow my horn because I don't like to be disrespectful. I don't have to. If I need to blow it, I blow it for that purpose. But I went around her belly, around her. And when I bellied around, I looked at her, and she got a big buck knife sitting on her side attached to it. I said, my God, <laughs> these people just don't know how to quit, do they? I said, nah, you, why can't you walk around handing out flowers to somebody? A bag of cookies. Anything, man, but your violent attitude and arrogance to walk around and think you the only one to carry that out and do that. And that's all I see now because we got ignorance trying to be prevailing and dominate, and we cannot allow that. Not on my watch. Hey, man. And, Let me tell you, that's... I like the way that you said that, or the fact that you pointed out the fact that that's arrogance. That's always been the, the point, is that it's, it's always been arrogant, um, an arrogant attitude that was that prevailed, right? It, it, it is said that I have the right to arm myself. I'm going to arm myself. I'm going to walk around with a, a Bowie knife, right? In broad daylight, that I know is illegal. You know what I mean. I know it's illegal to walk around with this thing, but I'm gonna do it anyway. You know, whatever. Anyway, this is the type of thing that happens to us 
all the time, brother. And and it's and I appreciate your call. Um, this is the type of thing that happens to us all the time. You know, we're placed in these communities, like I was saying earlier before the break. Um, we're placed in these communities. We stay in these communities, and they do these things to us in these communities. Yeah, let me let me share two stories real quick with you, Walter. That 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 picks up on that. There's a a pastor at a church, and I didn't want to talk about this because they talk about church, and you know, I'm not surprised at half the things that come out of it, but this. Is usually the violence is coming from the pulpit, but this is the congregation saying uh, Jesus' teaching on nonviolence was too weak. Oh, they prefer 45's point of view, you know. <laughs> so now, and then there's the other a too <laughs> story of persecution Whoa. coming out of. Russia, uh, the Russian Orthodox Church, which the white supremacists in this country has started to embrace because the Russian Orthodox Church has been totally politicized by the state. And there was a priest who was uh, given a prayer. All of the priests at the Russian Orthodox Church were given a prayer to say to their parishioners that said basically the word victory was required uh, when it comes to talking about the Ukraine war that uh, Russia was headed for victory, wow. and uh, the church, the Russian Orthodox Church, was required to say victory in their their prayer. But this one priest decided he was going to replace the word victory with peace. He wanted peace in Ukraine, and he got fired. See, he's persecuted. Yeah, that's just like the Roman Empire. Yeah, right. As it transitioned from. Uh, the the what well, it was always been the empire, right? right. Now it's just the the the, the Vatican, right? Right. Where it was the Holy Roman Empire. Holy Roman Empire, right? So now, I mean, if if you say anything off from that prayer or whatever the prayer is, as as it's as it's said it is, then something's wrong. You getting you're getting reprimanded or there's a problem there, and you're going against the church. I mean, in right. the early early days. You were you were hanged. Oh yeah, beheaded <laughs> the whole night. You know what I mean? Yeah. Crucified upside down. All, all <laughs> right. stuff, right? Any manner of evil they can think of. Yeah, you know. But let me tell you, to 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 transition for a second, I'm going to because I, we got to talk about this this next issue, but it, it falls right in line with it. These, the, the, okay, so everybody knows how I am about this thing about in, environmentalism and the issue of coal ash. The issue of coal ash, I cannot talk about enough because the EPA has played a real serious game um, with us about, about our environmental safety, right? And our, these industrialized organizations and entities like TECO, Tampa Electric Company and Mosaic, keep doing things that are not, that are not tra- that are not transparent at all. If you're with Tico and you're hearing what I'm about to say right now, I hope to God that you that that, that you the, the reason that we've not heard from you, I'm so certain, is because you know that what I'm saying is correct. Because I'm using your words from your own website to talk about what you're doing and show you how wrong you are. You cannot deny the fact that you have a you have a you have an outpost right there at the end of 12th Avenue in East Ebor. You cannot deny the fact that you have other outposts of the same type right there near other black communities. You cannot deny the, the, the pattern of the fact that there are no, you will not find anything like that, not one substation near any white community, period. You go to New Tampa, you go to South Tampa, you won't find it. You will not find it. Hmm. There is a buffer right. between any any type of substation and any and any uh, uh, housing area. Period. Because it's it's really coal combustion residuals. <laughs> there you go. Now with the coal combustion, with the coal combustion plant and the coal, then them shutting down the one coal combustion plant, the last one they got left, they think they're saying they're saying something great to you because that's all they're going to tell you. They're not telling you the fact that they still have coal ash that has to be dealt with. They're not telling you the fact that they have not they have not reported 
or that you even know that you need, that it needs to be reported. The different EPA violations that have been that have that have been that have been had all this time over a forty year time period in your groundwater and the water that you're drinking. They haven't talked about the fact that the manatees that come there to get getting that warm water are being poisoned with the effluent. The effluent being water, wastewater that's left from the plant going out into the bay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That can't be good for them. And a no. new report came out from scientists that said it is it's not. It can you cannot deny the fact that you're taking coal ash, you and mosaic, you're taking coal ash, and, and like mosaic was talking about doing, but you're you've been doing it. Taking coal ash and selling it, either selling it. Well, this is what I said. Either selling it or giving it away to farmers or roadway developers so they can use it mm-hmm. in development of roadways. And that coal ash leaches out into groundwater, folks. I don't, if I'm wrong, if I am wrong, please tell me, please show me where I'm wrong. But every documentation that I've seen thus far shows the fact that there's been proof of the fact that it is leaching out into our groundwaters. So if they're using it for, if they're using the coal ash, for which is a byproduct of burning coal, this is what's happening. And this is going into your groundwater. And get, guess who's getting sick? Hmm. The people in those communities. The people in the damn communities. Guess who's using the coal, guess who's in the coal ash, folks? Heavy metals. Mm-hmm. Different types of heavy metals, and yet, for those of you who don't know what a heavy metal is, let's just use the word radioactive. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who who've bought a house recently in the Riverview area, let's take it a bit further. Riverview, uh, 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 was not Plant City, Brandon, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Progress. Uh, Progress Village. Mm-hmm. Uh, Palm Palm River, Apollo Beach, where they got a school right next to you. Guess guess what we got? Guess what you have in your house now? You have radon detectors in your house. Why? Why? Because of these jerks, man. They're not being transparent about what they're doing. They're being so non-transparent that let's talk about the fact that they're supposed to be dismantling the doggone tower, the, the, the uh, coal ash tower. How many people know that? Well, isn't that the newest rule that, that says you can only dump this stuff in un, unused power plants um, in Arizona? Inactive. Un, but unregulated. Inactive. Yeah. And they cannot, they cannot oversee. That's a loophole that was found in the EPA rule mm-hmm. the, from 2015. Oh. The current the, the and that and that stands to this day. Yeah. That's a problem. This this year this year's ruling states that there's going to be more oversight over the active plants. Mm-hmm. But if your plant was not active right. back in 2015, then there's no oversight. Right. That's what the rule says. That's the rule. <laughs> That's the rule, and they know it. And they know it. And they're taking advantage of it. And they're taking advantage of it. But guess who put that in in, in the play? Number three. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's 2016 when they were starting that. That's right. They rolled back the oversight. Mm -hmm. Do you understand that this is not a game? They are killing you. Mm. They are killing us. Right where we live. Right where we live. And while we may not understand exactly why or how people are getting sick, they're getting sick. And these are the reasons why. Because they're exposing us to this stuff. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. And they, and they, and, and, okay, so now we had a disaster back in 2017 at Tico plant, right? Right? Yeah. Okay, so now they're talking about because they didn't follow OSHA guidelines of lockout, tagout. Right? So now we got five people who are dead as a result of it. Whoa, no, it gets worse. It gets better than that. Now they're talking about dismantling the very coal ash plant, coal combustion plant, 
What just happened? But wait, let's 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 take it a step further. The communities that are surrounding it have yet to have even had a meeting with these people. Wow. They haven't even they haven't even called a public meeting. And they haven't visited them one by one to at least say, hey, this is what's happening. We want to make sure everybody stays safe while we're doing it. So these are the precautions that we're taking and we want you to take. And I'm, I'm just wondering, are they even in contact with, with hospitals or doctors or anybody? Because Man. there's arsenic involved in coal ash. No. And, and if they are, we don't know it because there's no transparency. I'm talking transparency. They are breaking laws. They are being trans. They are not being transparent about these things, and they know it. They know it. Hmm. And I, I'm, 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 I've, I've had meeting after meeting with our people about this type of thing. And and listen, man, you know we got to take this seriously. We got to take this seriously because it's not just happening in Progress Village. Where I, listen, because now look at your pockets. Guess what? When they start cleaning up, guess who that cleanup? Who that cleanup is gonna is gonna hit? Whose pockets is gonna hit? Taxpayers. Yes. Yeah. No, not taxpayers. No, no, no. The no, homeowners. No. The homeowners. Homeowners. Yeah. The energy. The ones who are their customers. Tico. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The people's power power company. Man, please. Well, Let's go to these. You're passionate. Lines, man. Definitely passionate. Which is a good thing. 813-239-9663. Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday Forum. Morning, gentlemen. It's Josh Holton. How y'all doing? Josh, hey, what's Josh. up, man? I love the show today. Thank you, brother. Got the wheels turning in my head. So <laughs> there's a few things that you've been talking about that got me thinking. So I went to Catholic school. I'm not a practicing Catholic, um, but I uh, appreciated some of the lessons that I, I learned. And one of the things that got me is when we started learning about ethics and morals, we learned about just war theory. We learned about the circumstances in which war was necessary to keep peace, making sure it's proportionate at the last resort. All other attempts to communicate have been exhausted, right? So I was thinking about Montgomery. And I think one of the reasons why that felt so cathartic for folks is it felt just. It didn't feel over the top. It felt like, a in a lot of ways, a proportionate reaction to what had happened there and obviously what's happened in the past um, for, that, for that specific situation, right? Um, I, I wonder and I fear, you know, I've looked at some of the ways that people resist in the past. You know, I, I, you were talking about South Africa. I thought about uh, not only Nelson Mandela, but also Gandhi. You know, he... Uh, refused to give up his seat on a train. Um, and, and I was back, I think Rosa Parks was around two years old when that happened. So he was laying some groundwork for saying, I'm not going to be moved, right? Now, Gandhi had some other issues. You know, he had some racism and nobody's perfect, right? But he stood up to the British colonialism and to, to racism. And, um, and he had the nonviolent resistance, which Martin Luther King tried to emulate. And, you know, in the wake of this Montgomery thing, we hear a lot about Brother Malcolm. And I'm like, well... We also know that police budgets are not shrinking um, across the country. And I, I feel like a lot of the rhetoric that we hear from law enforcement agencies centers around uh, keeping peace and putting thugs in their place, so to speak. We know what they mean when they say thugs, right? Oh, yeah. So my concern is not whether people can resist with force. I'm, not, I'm sure that they can. My concern is whether it's effective, because as we all know, you know, man of science, Walter, you know, we, we have a physics. Every action's got a equal and opposite reaction. reaction. My, That's right. My, my concern is that when we have this pendulum, we push one way, it pushes back the other way. And, you know, um, I would love to see some effective resistance, whatever that looks like, to some of these concerns that have been raised. I'm, I'm curious what that resistance might look like. You know, I did a lot of reporting on the Occupy movement. We saw people attempt to do nonviolent resistance again. We also saw how other powers that be attempted to paint it as being more violent than it actually was. And I have two concerns. I have, number one, I wonder if people have the patience to engage in nonviolent resistance. It takes a lot of patience to sit there and to, to take it, right? Um, I'm also concerned um, if people 
if they were to engage in nonviolent resistance, if the people witnessing it have enough empathy to, uh, you know, join with them or to, um, or for that to have any impact on our elected officials. And so my, my question to y'all, and I know we're coming to the end of the show, is what are some of the tactics, you know, being all, all everything I just said and what we've been saying, well, what are some of the tactics you see that in the future are going to be the most effective given the kind of society and the culture that we have right now? Because I think a lot of people are curious what's going to work. Well, one of the things I can tell you, Josh, thank you very much for your call, brother. Um, one of the things I can tell you is that uh, the focus that uh, the focus on our own communities, uh, on, on, uh, on uh, the self-sufficiency and self-determination focus that is age old, that we've talked about many, many generations, and that, that we begin to do that um, more fervently and vehemently. We, we, we've got to do that. And we've got to make certain that we are uh, effective in what we're doing, and taking advantage of of programs that can sit, that can be considered to be reparations, so to speak, that do exist, um, and, and start implementing that stuff into our communities, uh, and just doing some things that that we we have to take a look at doing some things. Uh, take a step back. Take a look at doing some things that we should have been doing a long time ago, a long time ago. Um, well, I think, you know, the young people are very creative. I, I think, you know, in the past we simply sat down yes. and they, the powers that be were still violent. Uh, or put the police on it. He talked about the Occupy movement, but I remember black lawmakers occupied the uh, governor's office here in Florida when Jeb was in the office, and he pushed the police out there on them and pulled them out. Uh, he, um, when you think about the one-man march for for freedom by James, uh, well, during the Civil Rights Movement, um, he uh, was trying to get into Ole Miss, and he did the one-man march and oh, gunshot yes. rings out. Yes. So... You gotta, you gotta. No matter how peaceful you are, face violence possibly, especially in a time when the races are feeling more emboldened, and they constantly fetishize their guns and their right to carry guns, even though they don't recognize anybody else's basic human rights. They definitely fetishize their right to have a gun and be violent, and uh, just as they felt in Montgomery, the right to react violently to a person just touching their boat, you know. So, but I think having marches, you know, doing step, uh, the fraternities and sororities, stepping up and down the street to show solidarity, uh, those are nonviolent acts, but you still might be faced with the violence violent. from police because they just simply don't want you the powers that be just doesn't want you to have your voice. He, they he's didn't doing want everything voting. to stop to stop that. Yeah. So I mean, it's hard to say. You know, no matter how peaceful you are, you still might have to face violence. Yeah, you might have to in this particular current crisis. Uh, this is a crisis of politics that we're we're faced with right now, and they know they know that a lot of what they have been proposing is wrong. You know, the, the jailing, the, the criminalization uh, of women, the criminalization of uh, people who are considered sexual minorities. You know, everybody, anybody that they wanted to pass a law against, if you stand up and you stand in solidarity with one another, those numbers uh, itself is uh, serious we're in violence. Danger. We're in danger, period. Yeah. No matter what it is that we do, we're in danger, and we won't be the ones to start it. We're gonna, we're gonna finish be the ones that that, that 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 they're gonna act on. But right. rest assured, we're gonna finish it. Definitely finish it. It's not gonna stop. And that, and that's the message that we saw in that. That's the message that we saw. You just that. have to keep pushing, keep pounding. Hey, we're going to the next call. Uh, we're running out of time. Oh, we're, we're out, out of time. time. We're out of time, man. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm, I'm a, I apologize. Uh, Email though at uh, dj at wmnf.org, uh, and we'll be glad to uh, respond to you the next time. Hey, listen, we want to thank you for joining us today on the Sunday Forum. 
uh, and join us next weekend for another another edition of this show. Uh, and as always, from our voice to the radio waves, to the hearts and the minds of the people, we love you. And there's not one single solitary thing you can do about it here on the Sunday Forum. Hey, listen, watch out for the postmodern na- post nanny coming up next. And uh, hey, do good. Do good. WMNF Tampa, stay tuned for an update from National Public Radio News. We're on Spotify, too. Dr. Octagon, paramedic focus on the East for priests. My anesthetics prescribe a certain fertilizer. Homegrown, computer-wise on the microphone. Utilizing tracks inverted by a mimical. High typical for a SpaceX intercourse. You get lost and memorized to the enterprise.